You're listening to Destination Animation, the show where we sit down with people who have chosen to make their professional work destination animation. I'm your host, Hannah Howell from KPC Radio, welcoming all listeners who are interested in learning more about the animation industry and the great amount of work that goes on behind our favorite cartoons. For today's episode, we have an animator, illustrator, voice actor, and writer who created the Cartoon Network show Tig and Seek, and is also the voice of the main character, Tiggy. He also worked as a writer and storyboard artist on Cartoon Network's Uncle Grandpa and as a designer on Adult Swim's Rick and Morty. Please welcome Mike Chillian. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hi. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. And I, I want to start off by asking, how did you first get involved in the animation industry? Oh, yeah. Um... I guess, uh, I mean, we were just talking about it before you were recording, but one of the, one of my first things I started doing, uh, one of the first times I started taking animation seriously was uh, when I was a part of this film festival uh, in Los Angeles called Channel 101, uh, channel101.com, and uh, created by some really good, interesting people and um, where you kind of submit short films and people vote on them and, and you kind of continue to make them as long as you get, you know, votes. And there's like a live screening component where you get to go watch it live. Um, and a lot of people would make short, short films. Um, a lot of comedy troops. I used to have a comedy troupe that I would do stuff with. And uh, mostly it would all be live action, but every now and then people would make cartoons. And um, I was one of the few people that made cartoons. There was a lot of people that made cartoons, but not as many as like, people who were doing you know sketch comedy and stuff like that um so that was when i was honing in on my animation skills i guess like i always drew and knew how to draw but for that was the first time where i was like actually making stuff that was at production like the production value was a lot higher i mean it's still kind of dorky when you watch it now it looks like there's so many things that are better than that just like um, just because it's all dated software and things like that. But at the time, I was like, oh, you know, you're doing storyboards and recording voices and drawing assets in, in Photoshop and then, scan, or, you know, scanning stuff in, really, and then putting it into After Effects and, and um, editing together a five-minute cartoon that has, like, sound effects and music and all the production stuff for a big screen um, event. So that kind of like uh, taught me how to like, how, you know, how animation actually, um, like what the pipeline would look like, you know, kind of on a smaller scale, but mm -hmm. yeah. Are those shorts still available to watch like all of them or most of them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think they, uh, Channel One One does a really good job in archiving stuff, and they've I think they've done a, a big rehaul too, where they kind of like updated the site, and then also a lot of those shorts are on um, YouTube. Um, but yeah, there's there's tons of stuff. My my stuff that I did are on my YouTube channel. There's all kinds of um, like a lot of people came from Channel One One. Um, my my good friend Justin Royland, who did uh, House of Cosby's, that was a very famous thing, like you know a while back. I worked on that as well. I learned a lot on that cartoon and that's like available online. That's like all over the place. And then uh, the cartoon that I did that kind of stuck out quite a bit was this uh, Ghostbusters parody called McBusters. 
uh-huh. where um, it it was a crossover with all the McDonald's characters uh, as if they're Ghostbusters. And it's like the dumbest idea, of course, but, uh, but I, I put a lot of heart and soul into it. And, um, and uh, it is, I, I still think it's, it's pretty funny. And I did a few episodes of that. Uh, and then a few other things here and there over, over those years. Did you work on uh, the real animated adventures of Doc and Marty? Yes, I did. Uh, I did all the, um, I did most of those back. I did a lot of work on that one. It was just like, me and Justin and our friend Sevon, who really worked on that. I did a lot of the uh, designs. Uh, the only things I didn't do was actual uh, Doc and Marty heads, because those were all Justin's drawings. They were uh-huh. all like crappy. Uh, I did all the backgrounds and I did a, a voice for, for one of the characters that like they, like I think they, evap- like, they zap him when he evaporates or something or. Yeah, or, something like, like that. Yeah, they, they go back in time and eat the guys. That's me. And also I did the very graphic, <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah. you know, all the phallic stuff like yeah I drew all that out <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah that was quite the cartoon and um I believe you were a developer on Rick and Morty for the show or just the pilot oh just the pilot I only worked on the pilot I wouldn't say I was a developer um uh I did help with the look of the show, you know, like definitely had a had a part in that, as did several other people, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was mostly doing um, uh, character design. I was like lead character designer on that. But then I did some animation. I animated some of the stuff in the opening sequence. I um, did some background work. It was like the pilot was done at Starburn Studio back when it was like, you know, only had a couple of productions, and it was a small crew doing a lot of everything. And Justin and, and I, you know, we've, we've been doing a million things together at that time. Like that was like the seventh pilot we worked on together or something like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like he did a pilot for Fox, for Comedy Central, for Cartoon Network. We did so many things. And finally, Adult Swim, you know, it was Rick and Morty and he was working with Dan Harmon, another good friend. And, uh, you know, I just helped him with like the look of it and figured out the characters, uh, the way, you know, Rick and Morty look at Justin and I kind of tweaked Rick and Morty themselves but I did the family you know I designed the family the dad the mom the sister some a lot of the kids in school the love interest things like that and then some of the aliens uh but also Jenny Goldberg did some of those aliens too she's a really good designer um a few other people too uh and then I animated some stuff and then Justin and I went up to uh the animation studio up in Canada and we met with all the animators there and like, I kind of gave them all like tips on how to like keep the characters and model and things like that. Cause at that time I already knew Justin's style really well. And a lot of it was kind of my, my original style. So we kind of like would fuse it together and it became uh, what was the pilot of Rick and Morty. But then as, you know, as the show went on it kind of like evolved a bit, yeah. When you were working on it that early, did you imagine it would ever become as massive as it has become? Uh, not as massive. I, I actually didn't think it was gonna do anything. Like, like I'm telling you, that, that was like one of many pilots we had done. There was a pilot Justin and I did together. And this is all like, you can find all this information online. I think a lot of them are, all of his shorts are on, um, all these pilots are on his website. Uh, but we did another pilot for Fox, like, I don't know, a couple, like a year or two before that. 
and it was really funny it was really good like all these people were involved in it and and I really thought that was going to be the thing. And we thought at the time, Fox Animation is like Family Guys there. And that's like the place to go for the yeah. big bucks and the fame. And so he did this pilot and it was so funny. It was called Relative Insanity. And it was pretty much like Rick and Morty. It was like similar thing, a similar tone. A lot, all the pilots that we did were very much like, were meant to be Rick and Morty. Um, and we worked on it really hard and then Fox passed on it. They, they picked up Bob's Burgers instead. Oh, wow. And, and it was at that, it was that, that was the year. And we were like, no, what? it was very similar to Bob's Burgers too. It was like a family and like the kind of voice actors were kind of similar. And, um, and that was when I was like, my hopes and dreams got crushed. I was like, Damn, Justin, we, we were so close and didn't happen. And then, you know, Adult Swim came around. They're like, okay, let's do this other thing called Rick and Morty. And, and Justin was bringing back the Doc and Marty characters. And I was like, okay here we go again another freaking pilot and I was I, I needed the work at the time I was like whatever I, I I didn't um I mean I love working with Justin don't get me wrong I yeah. think the funnest jobs ever but it was like anything else and I thought okay here we go and it was so weird and it was like very mean I remember the pilot was like Rick was so <laughs> mean to Morty I'm like Justin characters are so mean to each other are you sure this is gonna like uh, I didn't say that to him, but I thought that in my mind. I was like, I don't know, and whatever. And then, you know, it becomes this mega freaking juggernaut of a show. <laughs> uh, but like a year later, we finished the pilot. It took like a year until it like, I don't know, aired or something and it got picked up. So yeah. That's that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And And by the time it got picked up, I already had another job. I was already working on Uncle Grandpa at that time. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I was supposed to go back on it, but I was having a lot of fun on Uncle Grandpa. I was like doing some other stuff there and and yeah. And you worked as a writer on there as well? Or on Uncle Grandpa? Yeah, yeah. I was doing story well, I was doing storyboards and at uh, on that show and many shows at Cartoon Network, um it they're like storyboard driven. So you kinda you write and you you storyboard at the same time okay um yeah like you write all the jokes and you, you do the setups they give you outlines and you work off of that but um you do most of the writing and yeah so do you like insert that writing along with the storyboards like that's separate from the actual script oh uh it's interesting a lot of people like I never I didn't understand the process until I was there I yeah. didn't get exactly because a lot of people are not very from I feel like I mean, maybe at the time, a lot of people weren't familiar about exactly how story or storyboard driven shows work. Like I know SpongeBob was like that, Adventure Time, things like that. A lot of comedies and zany stuff are kind of like that. Um, and you, you just like, um, you write the dialogue in the storyboard as you go. You act it out, you, you direct it, you kind of, you, um, you do the acting, you draw the poses and you, draw, you write all the dialogue. Uh-huh. You get like, you know, uh, several weeks to do each episode and you do like, you have a partner. So you split an episode with a board partner usually. And when you turn it in, they kind of export all the dialogue out and then they turn that into a script and then they record the, they, they bring in the actors and they record that audio. They record those di that dialogue. Mm -hmm. So it's like the storyboards are first and then the script comes out of the storyboards. Okay. It's never that perfectly clean. They, they change things here and there too sometimes, but, and then, you know, edit things down. 
but yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Whereas most primetime shows like, you know, Rick and Morty, they, they write a full script, record the script, make a radio play, and then they do the storyboards based on the audio. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really interesting to learn more about that whole storyboarding, the process in general, and just about how that with storyboard-based shows, because, you know, I, viewers, they don't really know or understand the process. So it, it's been really interesting, you know, doing this show and learning more about that. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, it's a lot of like um, uh, intricate stuff like that, that a lot of people don't, I, I, I never, I forget how people don't really are not really up to um, like, uh, that stuff isn't really, I don't know, it was never really taught to me. I never knew about it until I joined Cartoon Network. I was like, oh, this is how they do it here. And, um, and granted, I never really did storyboards officially before that. Uh -huh. that was my first storyboarding job um, at a at a major studio, um, so I just thought that was kind of somewhat normal at Cartoon Network. But um, yeah, I wish it's that would take an entire podcast to explain that whole process. <laughs> There's so many moving parts to all like to how an episode is broken down. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, but that's just me trying to sum it all up. Yeah, I think I think you did a pretty good job, and. Yeah. I'd like to move on to Tig and Seek. And I want to ask how, how do you get to a point where you can make your own show? Oh gosh, that like, there's no clear cut answer. There, there is <laughs> no one way. It's like many people have different ways of getting to the finish line, if that is the finish line. But um, I was on Uncle Grandpa for the whole time, like from like, I don't know, 2013, 2014, all the way to when it ended and- uh -huh. 2016, we did three seasons of Uncle Grandpa, which was like one of the best jobs I've ever had. And Pete Brongart's an amazing show creator. And because uh, a Cartoon Network like pays attention to a lot of storyboard artists at, at, at their studio. And whenever they notice that, you know, there's somebody that's doing pretty well, um, uh, they usually kind of like, I don't know, they poke around on the shows, but really, they kind of like ask people like, hey, you should pitch, you should pitch a cartoon. They, they have like a shorts program. They've had a shorts program for many, many years where like it's uh, it's kind of open to people to to anybody really to pitch a cartoon like a, like a one episode short five to seven minutes, sometimes 11 minutes. And uh, they, you know, if they like it, they'll make it. And they make about, I don't know, at the time they were making about 10 or 12 a year, about a dozen, let's say, sometimes less or whatever. But uh, a lot of them are experimental. A lot of them are kind of like doing, you know, some of them are stop motion, some are CGI, some are just like weird artsy things. And some are good enough to be picked up as a show. And I think that pretty much every show that's on Cartoon Network was in the shorts program, I'm pretty sure. Craig of the Creek, Victor Valentino, um, I don't know. Infinity Train. Infinity Train was a show. It was the same time I was doing my short was Infinity Train. Uh, I think Summer Camp Island. So mine was just like the the funniest. Mine was like the comedy one. Everyone like Infinity Train had like some drama to it, and yeah. some of the other ones were like like more family or. Mine was like zany. I was just coming off Uncle Grandpa, and I did this. I, my short was called Tiggle Links, and it was very much in the same style of like this is a goofy cartoon, like SpongeBob meets um, I don't know. Uh, Spongebob, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, very similar to that kind of stuff. Um, and so they liked it, they thought it was different enough. Um, and so they asked, they, they usually ask yeah. you to do some further development. 
So they'll be like, oh, why don't you write a couple more episodes? Let's see how it goes. And then, you, and then you know, I did that. And then, like, uh, they throw in suggestions. They tweak things here and there. And, um, yeah, if, it's, if it all works out, they'll option it and pick you up for, like, one season. And then if that does well, they'll pick you up for another season, you know? That, that, was, that was the process at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I think things are a bit differently because streaming and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now I think the, the, the qualifications, I mean, you still have to be, it still has to be good. You still have to make a good cartoon, but like, I don't think they, I don't know how the, how they pick things up these days. Like it's kind of a mystery to me. It seems like there's so many more just because of all the different streaming services. Yeah, it's a lot. And it's like, honestly too much because and they're all great and it's nice to have a lot of opportunities, but the animation industry and the, the pool of animators and artists and board artists and people they pick from are like very small. So it stretches everyone kind of thin, you know? Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I mean, what were big inspirations for your Take and Seek or just big inspirations that you have when it comes to animation in general? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I like all kinds of stuff. I, I mostly like a lot of movies and like, um, I like really artsy, you know, pretentious movies a lot. <laughs> like, um, uh, you know, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of foreign films and like, you know, movies by Fellini and, and uh, um, you know, I don't know, all kinds of like, you know, crazy directors, Terry Gilliam, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really into a lot of uh, very um, cinematic and uh, I don't know, like otherworldly kind of stuff that feels very pushed and um, kind of a warped uh, perspective. But for Tig and Seek, uh, my influences for that particular show. Uh, because I was kind of figuring out the world and I was trying to figure out what the what the rules were in terms of like how like the characters work and and um and like what the premise of the show was at least for the pilot I was watching a lot of uh you know I was watching Beetlejuice and and uh Brazil and even Indiana Jones because they had like these um mechanisms in those films that kind of had like like Beetlejuice for example there was a, uh, there's a whole like underworld where like the afterlife is like, it's like very bureaucratic. They're like, oh, make sure you fill out this paperwork and make sure you read the book of the recently deceased. I don't know how familiar you are with that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, there's like all this like bureaucracy that's like in the afterlife. And I'm like, oh, that is like, I always loved that as a kid. I was like, that's so brilliant. And same with the movie Brazil. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's, it's like, um, it's a Terry Gilliam film from the 80s. And it's very much about like, big it's like 1984 where it's like a bunch of corporations that like yeah, everything's like paperwork and you have to fill this out and blah 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 and and like uh office life kind of stuff and so I thought that would be a cool angle for a kid's cartoon to do something that's very like office-y but I, I basically like the office but for <laughs> kind of yeah and I mean, I have seen Indiana, I've definitely seen Indiana Jones and Beetlejuice. I haven't seen Brazil, but I can, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I can definitely see the the connection between them. So that that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones, especially because like he was like, um, it, when I when I watched, I was rewatching, when I was when I was working on the on the pilot, I was like, I'm, I'm going to rewatch all the movies I loved as a kid just to kind of like refresh why I like these movies when I was younger. And Indiana Jones, I was like, 
oh yeah, he has to like find something. Like he always has to like find the missing whatever. And I was like, oh, right. Finding, you know, sorry. For yeah, the you're good. You're um, but I was like, oh yeah, that's like a, that's such a basic, you know, mechanism, uh, an engine to kind of keep your story going. And again, this is all for the pilot. When the show got picked up, my influences shifted from like these movies mm-hmm. to television and like sitcoms yeah more sitcoms like cheers and taxi and 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 yeah like the office and the simpsons and i was like okay what makes a show run for a longer period of time not just one pilot or like five episodes but like what would make 20 episodes of something and it's like oh you see like these shows like cheers and and um uh gosh like the simpsons or whatever and you have like a different dynamic it's not so much like about oh everything has to be an adventure every episode they have to go find something every episode but it's like more like oh it's like more of the it's more about the dynamic of of the characters and like you know kind of like an office setting and what they do and so my influence has shifted so Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or oh yeah it makes sense that's interesting because you do have to consider you know making it a full length multiple episode kind of thing and even consider seasons so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a it's a different beast. Uh, like it's different than making a short. I'll say this: making a seven, making an eight minute short at Cartoon Network in the shorts program is much different than making a twenty to forty to eighty episode series at Cartoon Network. It's yeah. it's very it's a lot trickier than than one thinks. Yeah, I imagine. But and I just want to say, um, I watch uh, Tick and Seek a bit. And the, all of the cat, I have a cat, so it's very relatable. It's very cute. And yeah, I love Gleesik. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's so sweet. That's another thing I should say that the Gleesik was uh, based on, influences wise, is based on my cat, Gleesik. Yeah. Uh, who died? She died already. But um, sorry about that. Yeah, it was, it was a bummer. She died when I was making the pilot, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, so lives on then. Yeah, she lives yeah. on. But yeah, she kind of went through some changes in the in the in the show. But yeah, the cat stuff. I love cat culture. I, I have two cats, so all the all the cat stuff in the show is like try to put a little extra love in there. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And the just final question, what is like what is it like knowing that you have your own your own show like is that is there any special things that come with like I don't know if you get to do like special panels or there's just certain Um, notoriety kind of thing well it's interesting that that is that's like a weird that's a that's it that question is interesting to ask now if you asked me like three years ago I, I would have had a different answer but it knowing you have your own show it's a good feeling. I'm very grateful for it. It's an incredible opportunity and not, and I know not very many people get that opportunity, even though there's a million shows coming out now because of streaming channels, it's still very competitive and very difficult. And like, it's, it's hard to get a company to give you a giant budget or, you know, a, a decent budget to like tell your story, to tell your thing. So that's, I'm very grateful for that. However, because it was during the pandemic, like the like our show premiered during the pandemic so we didn't get to really celebrate hardly at all just like through zoom calls like we didn't get to do a comic-con panels we didn't do any premiere parties we didn't do any like 
I don't know, gatherings, art shows, like uh, birthday parties. We didn't get to do any of that stuff. We all were working from home. And, and then the company kind of, Cartoon Network at the time also went through a big change with HBO Max and they had a big shift. So the company was going through a lot of stuff. And meanwhile, we're trying to just get the show done on time. So normally, well, not normally, I don't know what is normal, but like uh, in the past, it was the car having your own show was probably a lot more celebrated. Whereas now it, it, it didn't, we didn't get, I mean, we were all excited to work, but it kind of was uh, all that, all the celebration stuff was taken away from us because mm -hmm. of the pandemic, which is a bummer. And, you know, I mean, whatever, I don't know a lot of people have it much worse and luckily no one got sick on the show and we didn't have any, uh, uh, no one got really sick. I think mm -hmm. yeah, a couple of people got COVID, but it wasn't, um, we were able to manage. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a good feeling. It's just kind of like bittersweet because you're like, oh, I love this, but I can't see any of my people that I work with. Um, yeah. It's like we don't get to occupy the same space anymore. And and uh, yeah, it's an interesting time to have a show. Okay. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. But right. that's, yeah, thanks for asking that. Yeah, of course. And we've reached the end of our show for today, so. Thank you again, Mike. Um, are there any social media or websites that you'd like to link? Oh, uh, maybe a couple. Well, you know, HBO, uh, HBO uh, Now or HBO Max. Sorry. Yeah, HBO, HBO Max. Max. Uh, Watch, Take, and Seek. The third season came up. Um, it's very split up. Yeah, very recently, like just yeah. about a, a month or so ago. Um, so definitely check that out. You know, the episodes do get a lot better. It's a, it's a, there's an interesting thing happening with, with the way the show starts and the way the show is going. So you could dip in to any season really. Yeah. And, uh, the later episodes, the better. So you feel free to jump into those. And then also, uh, I guess, um, the composer on our show, Tommy Meehan, he's got a record label. I'd like to plug that sweatband records. Okay. Yeah, it's really good music, really cool, interesting stuff. And uh, he does all of our music and he also has like really cool music on his uh, record label. So sweatbandrecords.com, give that a shot. All right, awesome. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Destination Animation. I'm your host, Hannah Howell from KPC Radio, signing off. <laughs>